WGN Radio, I'm Raleigh James, that's Claudine Clark, a girl who had a hit with Party Lights, who did Walking Through a Cemetery, gee, I wonder why it didn't chart, 1962 on Chancellor, and actually I have it on good authority that ghosts don't tend to hang around cemeteries, they have much better things to do, but I'll tell you somebody who's looking and has written a book, including a number of sites in the Chicagoland area, and that is John Kachuba, Ghost Hunting Illinois, welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you, Raleigh. Pleasure to be here. So I got to ask because I read this now, and I kept wait. I kept waiting for you and the ghost, and uh, I, I never really got there. So I have to ask: Have you ever encountered a ghost? Well, I, I have to say I have never encountered sort of the what I call the grand prize of ghost hunting, which is a full blown apparition, you know, head to head to foot yeah. that you see in person that lasts a long time. I've had experiences, and I've seen things and had things move and that kind of stuff. But the full-blown apparition, uh, not yet. I'm still looking for it. So what started you on this, on this route to uh, find the dearly departed still roaming the terra firma? <laughs> well, I grew up in Connecticut, and I always had a, lo- a, a love of history and heard about ghost stories and all that kind of thing. Part of the time uh, in Connecticut, I lived in the same town as Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> who, okay, so you know, <laughs> so you know who we're talking about. Oh, yes. um, I, I always call them the godfather and godmother of American ghost hunting. Yeah, uh, but you know, so so I lived in the same town with them, and I got to know them a little bit and visited visited them at their home and things like that. Um, and so I got a little bit interested from. Uh, from them, mainly because I had taken photos of a location in Connecticut that I thought were strange and talked to them about it. They invited me to their home and they pointed out the anomalies in my photo and then proceeded to show me hundreds of photos they had taken from the same location that had the same kinds of things. So that kind of piqued my interest. Um, But I didn't really start writing about ghosts until uh, much later. But they were always, you know, I always thought about it and always had an interest in it. And I had been a writer anyway and thought, well, this would be kind of an interesting thing to to tackle. And it opens up a whole new new realm in, in so many ways for me. Uh, yeah, I would. I would say the the unseen realm, most most particularly. Now, you live in Athens, Ohio, right? I used to live in Athens. I live in Cincinnati now. Oh, good. We we're just talking about Cincinnati because I'm a skyline chili addict. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I visit five way or four way. No, it's an no, important distinction. I, okay, I'm a three. <laughs> I'm a three way with two cheese conies on the side. Ah, okay, there you go. But, okay. of course, <laughs> a, as, as you know, every Skyline Chili in the tri-state area is different because they all, they're all seasoned depending on their grill and all that. So the true aficionado not only has to cite their dish, but they have to cite locations. Oh, you're hardcore. You are hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm sure Cincinnati's loaded with uh, loaded with ghosts. It'd be be perfect for it. I, uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure the ghost of Ruth Lyons is still uh, roaming Coleraine <laughs> Avenue. But uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Bob Braun or somebody. But uh, in in any event, uh, yeah, you normally because I saw in your bio that you'd been living in Athens. Did you go to OU or something? No one else goes to Athens. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a great town, actually. I, um, I got a master's in creative writing at OU, and okay. then I taught there on campus for about, seven, I guess, about eight years. Uh, but I've been in Cincinnati now for the last 12 years. I'm still affiliated with OU, okay. but I teach in a writing program that is primarily for incarcerated folks across the country. Perfect. So, 
Perfect. And a big shout out to our captive audience. I appreciate every one of them who's listening. That's, uh, that's good. So your first ghost book would have been Indiana, correct? The first one was actually Ghost Hunting Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Yeah. I missed this entirely. Uh-huh. Okay. So right. uh, where, was, where was the allegedly most haunted Ohio location? That's really a hard question. I would say um, one place that is really very haunted is the Mansfield. It's called the Ohio State Reformatory uh-huh. in Mansfield, Ohio. Yeah. Um, it's where the Shawshank Redemption right, right. was filmed. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's loaded with... Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. loaded with stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just off I seventy one, convenient. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I have a friend in uh, in Cleveland who is as normal as the rest of us, except she actually sees ghosts like every day. Okay. And Marianne oh. Winkowski. I don't know if you encountered Marianne. I but... know Marianne very well. Well, We've met many times, and yes. then you know, you know. I mean, she's she's the real deal. She has, she is. To, and she has told me stuff about people who have been around me who are no longer around the Earth plane. That uh, well, the most famous stories on the air in, in Philadelphia, and I went to visit her in Cleveland, and she said to my husband, "Oh, you've brought a ghost." And so she proceeded to tell us all about the ghost, and she wrote it down. And I got back on the air in Philadelphia knowing absolutely nothing. It was a guy who'd been murdered, young guy. Hmm. Well, his family was listening. And they didn't have all the details of the murder, and they were just ecstatic to get the rest of the story. And they said everything that they knew that I told them fit 100%. So obviously, I have no doubt they're there. But, you know, I've even stayed in the Hotel Stanley overnight in Estes Park, and just nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I assume this is the case with you, because you've stayed in a lot of these places. Right. I mean, between... so. So I've written two Ohio books, one Illinois book, and actually Marianne is in my book called Ghost Hunters, uh, which is a different book. Mm-hmm. Um, and in all these places, I, in the United States, I've, I've probably been in, well, I know I've been in well over 100 locations. And sometimes things happen and sometimes they don't. But, you know, what I always tell people is I'm in a location for a couple of hours, maybe overnight, but I interview people that are there all the time. You know, if it's a hotel, for instance, I talk to the wait staff, to the housekeepers, to the security guards, because they're there all the time. They see things that, you know, yeah. I come in overnight, maybe something happens, maybe it doesn't. But uh, And that's true of just guys that do ghost hunting. You know, you watch these TV shows, and it looks like every five minutes something happens, and that's just not true. Uh, I've been on so many investigations that where you just sit there all night long, overnight, for hours and hours and hours, and nothing happens, or something does, but... You know, ghosts aren't on demand, you know, they yeah. just, <laughs> they yeah. don't cooperate. Right, they have their own timetable, I understand that. And they, they determine right. who they like and who they don't, and everything else, I, I'm sure. And, you know, as I'm looking at the Chicagoland location, and undoubtedly we'll talk about all of them, I should say locations, plural, uh, some of them are what you'd expect with regard to um, maybe their hotels or their pubs or something like this. But I got to... the science and industry uh, that's one you normally wouldn't think oh let's go to the museum of science and industry it's haunted you know you know usually they don't they don't go together so uh, i understand from your book that uh, there were uh, there were some deaths surrounding some of the exhibits right there's there's two particularly one is uh, it's been years since i've been at the museum so i'm hoping everything is still there but one is one of these 1930s uh, streamliner you know, streamline locomotives yeah. uh, called the zephyr 
Yeah. And um, at one point in the Zephyr's career, there was an accident on it in which uh, a conductor and I think another person maybe was killed. And people say, people at work at the museum who I interviewed said that they had, they had issues with the Zephyr. Um, in the exhibit, when I visited there, there were animatronic figures yeah. in the train. Yeah. Uh, which were they're weird as it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But they were tell they some of these people are telling me that um, they would see particularly the figure of this woman would move. They'd see her head turn and things like that when the animatronics hadn't even been turned on, you know. Uh, so they they would see that kind of thing going on, uh, and they always they always felt just uneasy being in the train car and they've had things mm-hmm. like lights go off on them and, and things like that. But there's another exhibit there too, which is, I can't think of the name of um, what the number is, but it's a, a German the, uh, Nazi submarine. Yeah, the U-505. Yes, right, exactly. That was recovered by, uh, you know, the Americans. And the mm-hmm. story with that is that during World War II, the submarine came under attack. Uh, allies were dropping <clears throat> dropping depth charges on it. And at the captain at that time, a German captain named Zex, um, basically lost it and shot himself uh, yeah. while the attack was going on. And his second-in-command, you know, steered the sub out. They managed to escape, but meanwhile, his captain had killed himself. So some of the docents that I talked to at the museum say that when they were going on... Now, I, n- I understand the museum in the last couple of years has renovated that uh, that sub thing and have moved it and everything, oh. so I'm not sure exactly. I mean, it's still there, but I think they actually updated it. But what the people were telling me was that, you know, they'd go in there and they would turn on the lights inside this thing, and sometimes they'd have to walk the whole length and, and turn it off, uh, turn it on in a different location. And at, no sooner would they do that, and some, it, would, it would turn off. Um, they've, they've been told about being touched and, yeah. and pushed by unseen hands. In their, and this is, you know, when they're, start, when they're first getting the exhibit set up before the public is even in there on yeah. board or anything else. It's just them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would... I was surprised too to hear this, but I'm I'm not surprised anymore because I find ghosts in almost the craziest places you can imagine. So you know, a museum doesn't strike me as odd anymore. Well, I, I love the story about on the U five hundred five about one of the female docents who was making fun of the uh, commander, and suddenly a steel door slammed oh, yeah. on her hand. So that yeah. uh, that that was better than Mrs. Wilder in the uh, in the uh, Zephyr. But I understand that Clarence <laughs> Z- Darrow has been in the Zephyr. Well, yeah, and actually, from what I heard, now, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to verify this or not, but. Uh, there's a there's a pond. I'll call it a small lake or something by the museum. And supposedly Clarence Darrow, when he died, supposedly had his ashes um, sprinkled in that pond. Now I, it's been hard to verify that, but that's the story that, I, that I've got. And so he has been seen. Apparently, actually, a full figure apparition of Clarence Darrow has been seen in the museum. Um, not so much on the Zephyr, but in the museum grounds and actually somewhere inside the museum. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we get an interesting mix of of uh, ghostly spirits there. Oh yeah, it's another reason to go to the museum. I know, I know it's not in any of their advertising pamphlets, but maybe it should be <laughs> because you know a lot of people are like, oh no, not the museum. But I think that this could really increase traffic like like nothing else. Well, we are talking with John Kachuba, and he has written among others, Ghost Hunting Illinois, and I have a link at Raleigh.net, R-O-L-L-Y-E.net, to the book as well as to John's website, so you can go check that out. In the meantime, if you've had any ghost 
ghostly encounters, particularly in Chicagoland. We want to hear from you. 888-876-5593. It's 8888-RALEIGH on WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. That's early Billy Stewart, Chicago, by way of being on chess for his entire career, as far as the hits go. Strange Feeling, 1963, got to number 25 on the R&B chart, 70 on the Hot 100. And Strange Feeling, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about ghost hunting Illinois. John Kachuba has written it and is joining us tonight. And if you've had sightings, by all means, tell us all about it. And Chicago's resplendent. I mentioned before that Marianne is convinced that uh, they don't usually, the ghosts that is, hang around cemeteries. However, one exception might be Graceland here in Chicago. What do you know? Yeah, Graceland. Oh, it's such a beautiful cemetery, too, though. You know, one thing I like about these cemeteries, especially the old ones like Graceland, is just some of the memorials, the uh, the funerary art. It's just, just gorgeous sometimes and heartbreaking, <laughs> but beautiful. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that are going on at Graceland. There's the grave of a, a fellow named, last name Wolf, W-O-L-F-F, and supposedly there's been, well, they say either a ghost dog that was sort of guarding his grave that people would see at night, or possibly an actual wolf, and mm. named after him, I guess, which is sort of an odd connection. But the story I like best is uh, the story of Inez Clark, who was uh, a, a young girl oh, at yeah. the age of six, who in 1880, with a, she was out with a family picnic, and in a freak accident was struck by lightning and killed. And so the family built this lovely statue of her. I mean, it's a gorgeous statue, and you see she looks so lifelike. It's so real. Yeah. And it's in a glass case, which I always thought was kind of odd in the cemetery, but, you know, it's glass cases over the statue. And there's been a lot of talk about about that particular statue and about whether Inez is haunting it or whatever. Some people have said that they have seen an actual little girl uh, around that site that would, you know, you come close and she and she just vanish. Uh, they've heard strange sounds like people weeping, uh, you know, sorrowful kind of mourners. But the weirdest story that I've heard from there is that yeah. at times, especially times of storms, yeah. which, you know, if you consider that Inez was struck by lightning, you can understand maybe why she, her spirit might be a little uh, edgy around storms. Yeah. But it's been said that when that happens, at least one or two caretakers at the cemetery have noticed that the glass uh, over the statue, that the, the, the statue was gone, yeah. that we're looking at an empty glass case. And then once the storm cleared, it, it, it appears again. Yeah. yeah. Now, the best part about so, that was the guard who quit. Yeah. <laughs> just, right. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, he had been there for a while, and he said, yeah, you know, I'm done. Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> that's it. Enough. Statue's gone. Coming back tomorrow? Not me. I won't be here. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. I, yeah, I, I would. Uh, but I assume the day you visited, you got to see the statue of Inez Clark. I did. Yeah, right. See, there you go. I mean, I, beautiful sunny day in the afternoon, you know, mm-hmm. and I saw Inez. But it's just a gorgeous statue. And it's just, it, it, that alone is just so haunting in a way. You know, I mean, I could fully believe that she was there <laughs> in yeah, so many ways. you betcha. All right, Donna from Oak Lawn wants to join us. Welcome to WGN Radio. Hi, Raleigh. Uh, there's a, um, a legend that on the south side of the city, a Resurrection Mary who's a young girl dressed in white. She's uh, seen walking along Archer Avenue late at night, about 2 or 3 in the morning, and she hitches a ride with various young men, 
and she never gets to her destination. She always manages to slow the car down and, and get out of the car by Resurrection Cemetery, mm -hmm. and they see her on the other side of the fence walking towards the graves. They think that she's a young Polish girl. Yeah, this 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 thing's been around like since the 1930s, and she's like on Archer between the Willow Brick Ballroom and, and Resurrection Cemetery, and I'm sure you've heard about her, John. I, I've heard about her, and I even went to Resurrection Cemetery. I, I'm not sure what I was expecting to find there, but I did go up that area, and I went into the cemetery and just sort of looked around. And the interesting thing is the Resurrection Mary story, yeah, you're exactly right. I've heard that it's been in Chicago for many years. But there are so many other stories across America that are that are so similar. Um, I grew up in Connecticut, as I mentioned earlier, and the exact same story about a woman in the New Haven area around sort of Yale University, you know, walking alone and, and is picked up by a by somebody in a car and she's shivering and he gives her his coat. Mm -hmm. And uh, the story there is that, you know, as he as he goes to where she says she wants to get dropped off, he turns around and she's gone. Yeah. But he somehow finds out where she was, and she goes to, he goes to the house where she supposedly lived, and the family says, oh, you know, she died like several years ago. Right, and He right. goes to the cemetery and finds his coat yes. draped over her stone. Well, you know, th those are the lyrics to Lori, uh, Dickie Lee Rand. Yeah, right. Yes, That's exactly. Right. All right, Donna, thank you for calling. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 888-876-5593 is 8888-Raleigh. I want to hear all your stories. Maybe we'll play Lori last night at the dance. I met Lori. Coming up on WGN Radio. said that she was very, very cold. All right, we won't get to the big finish. WGN Radio, of course, he kissed her goodnight at her door and started home, thought about a sweater, went right back instead, knocked at the door, a man appeared, told why I come. He said, you're wrong, son. You weren't with my daughter. How can you be so cruel to come to me this way? My Lori left this world on her birthday. She died a year ago today. A strange force threw me to the graveyard. I stood in the dark. I saw the shadows wave, and then I looked and saw my sweater lying there upon her grave. Now, I never thought that memorizing the words to Lori would ever come in handy, but I guess it just did. All right, so it always amazed Dickie Lee that I knew all the words to Lori, but that uh, that theme, actually, we're talking with John B. Kachuba, and you can go to his website, and I've got a link at Raleigh.net. You can also get a great copy of Ghost Hunting Illinois and find out more at Raleigh.net as well. Never thought that would pay off, but uh, Dickie Lee was always impressed. I, I knew that, John, so <laughs> now I got to uh, sure. yeah, got to strut my stuff, but it is the basis for so many songs, like uh, you mentioned The Hitchhiker and uh, Resurrection Mary, and that always reminds me of uh, Phantom 309 by Red Sovine, and uh, I'll spare you. Have you ever heard that one? I don't think I Oh, know. oh, it's better than Laurie. Oh. All right, well, I promise not <laughs> to give you the lyrics, out. but yeah, maybe for our final bumper we'll, we'll do that. We've got Leah in Marcus Hook. Welcome to WGN Radio. Hi, Raleigh. Um, before I get to your guest, I wanted to thank you for talking about Skyline Chili in the can. I did not know it was available in the can, oh, and yeah. I just ordered some from Walmart. Oh yeah, no, and I go, I go for the can that has the chili and the spaghetti, so I don't have to cook the spaghetti separately. But you can get them individually as well. That's what I just did. I yeah. ordered the chili with the spaghetti. Yes, it's just wonderful. And it, and it's just like you know where you said you didn't know where they got the recipe because they're Greek. It's they got it from Greek spaghetti. That's where what it's exactly like is Greek spaghetti, except there's they don't have the melted butter. 
Well, and you know, there are so many recipes they give online, and the Cincinnati Inquirer does every now and then, and there's the big debate about whether there's chocolate in it or all that, but I have no idea. I don't care. I just know it's great. Yeah, I know. I know. So thank you for that. But mm-hmm. uh, um, what I wanted to ask your guest is um, he was mentioning these places that he visits, and I wanted to know, especially the cemetery he was talking about, has he ever done any EVPs at this cemetery? Oh, that's interesting. Well, the the Warrens certainly have. Uh, what what do you think, uh, John? Ever bring some recording equipment? Yeah, sure. Um, I I usually go low tech unless I'm working with um, some other ghost hunting groups, which I do frequently. And a lot of those groups have all kinds of equipment. But I always carry at least a recorder, if nothing else, uh, camera recorder, some simple things like that when I'm by myself. So yeah, I've definitely um, recorded EVPs. I don't know particularly. Trying to think, I don't think I've ever had any actually at cemeteries, but I've had them on some locations, you know, haunted locations where I've picked up EVPs. I mentioned um, the Ohio State Reformatory before. I got one there. I got some at uh, the at the old Athens Lunatic Asylum, which is now part of Ohio University, <laughs> kind of fitting. Um, but yeah, so definitely, um, I, I yeah, I'm not sure I've gotten any from cemeteries, but certainly I've recorded EVPs. Sure. Wow. Now, let me ask you. But you have had in- encounters with spirits, just not visual encounters. Yeah, I was going to ask, were there anything right. on the EVPs where you said, oh, my God, that's ghostly? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had one addressing by name at, <gasps> a, at an old uh, country club that was actually a farmhouse built, like, in the 1800s here in Ohio. There were three of us sitting in the men's locker room in this, <laughs> in this you know, country club. Uh, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And we each had a recorder, and we just went around the room, and we sort of talked to the room, and we just said, okay, we'll introduce ourselves if there's anything here. So we went around and just said our names, you know, and I was the last one. I said, my name is, I said, hi, my name is John, and that's it. And then we sat there for a while. And then when I'm playback, um, immediately after I said, my name is John, you hear this, John, (gasps) just like that. Oh, man. it just... Yeah, and it was so clear, you know. Um, the other guys didn't get anything, but immediately right after I said my name, I, I got this playback. And we were, this this uh, country club is in the middle of nowhere, because sometimes you're doing EVPs. You know, you may pick up maybe a radio frequency somewhere or a police scanner yeah. or something like that that you think is an EVP. But we are out in nowhere. New Vienna, Ohio is nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, yeah, so, yeah, certainly I've gotten some like that. I got one at the Athens Lunatic Asylum <laughs> at a cell that they used to use to keep their sort of wilder patients locked up, literally the padded cell. And the one we got from there was, um, it was, again, it was this whispery voice, and it said, would you help us? You know, would you help us? So oh, it was pretty, uh, pretty yeah. chilling when you hear that. Yeah, that's great. great. All right, Leah, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. All right. So, yeah, the Athens Lunatic Asylum, it it sounds like you're being politically incorrect, but they actually called it that, didn't they? Yeah, that was was its official name. It was built in, like, 1873, and, you know, there was no (laughs) – it was – they called it the Athens Lunatic Asylum. Um, It is now part of Ohio University. Yeah, it's the Ridges. Uh, the Ridges, exactly. Yeah. Awesome place. <laughs> and, well, right. It, they had lobotomies there, so I'm sure there were a number of paranormal sightings there. 
Yeah, there's there's quite a few, and the university is not too keen on uh, you know, people going going there anymore. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but I'm sure that makes it even more underground, a wonderful legend. And uh, speaking right. of which, uh, not exactly a mental hospital, but certainly quite the disaster were the ghosts of the Eastland in Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's an amazing story. I mean, this was in 1915, you know, and the Eastland was the steamer that was taking uh, a bunch of workers from a telegraph company out to, I'm not sure, I forgot exactly where they're going, but they're going to an island or something for sort of a, a day's outing. Mm-hmm. And it was still tied up. I mean, it was at the birth at, uh, I think it was like LaSalle Street, if I remember. Yeah, Clark and LaSalle, uh, yeah. Yeah, on the Chicago River, in only like 20 feet of water. And... Um, it, the, the, you know, people crowded onto this thing, and it started listing to one side, and the captain got a little alarmed and tried moving things over. And the, the end of it is that the ship basically just rolled over on its side. Yeah. And over 800 people drowned. You know, 21 or I guess 22 entire families were just wiped out, you know, husband, wife, children. An amazing thing, one of the worst maritime disasters in American history, and it happened right in downtown Chicago in 20 feet of water. Yeah, um, yeah. and what's, they, I was going to say what's weird about that was, uh, you know, its purpose was to take people to the Western Electric Plant, but families wanted to get on it so they can go to some picnic sites. But when I look right. at those pictures, and you've got a picture in the book of it on its side, yeah. I say to myself, yeah. it, it's basically still above the water, a good portion of it. It's right there on the dock. Why couldn't they get out? Right. Right. Well, a lot of people were actually below deck. Yeah. And so, of course, with panic and everything else, you know, they were just trapped. And then a lot of people were just thrown into the river, and even 20 feet. I mean, I suppose back in 1915, you know, you think of, like, what women would have been wearing, all the, you know, oh, heavy, right. long Pantaloons, and yes, right. Sure. The guys, too. I mean, I, I, you know, I can see that, and, you know, possibly couldn't swim, and panic, and children. I mean, it was awful. But when they... um when they were recovering the bodies, they took them to uh, a National Guard armory, which is now part of that armory is now part of um, Oprah's studio, Harpo, Harpo Studio, I guess, Harpo Productions, Oprah yeah. Winfrey Studio. Yeah. And they say that, you know, there's been sightings there, supposedly on security cameras. They've seen a, a woman they call the Lady in Gray, uh, apparently a couple times, and again, wearing sort of this early 1900s apparel, you know, just kind of drifting down the hall. Um, There's another story, too, that I think has since been, it's not sure, but some people say that bodies were also taken to what is today, I guess, the Excalibur uh, nightclub, which I guess in those days was probably still the Chicago Historical Society, I think, if I got my chronology right. Um, But that story, I'm not sure that's accurate or not. I mean, I have it reported in there, but, you know, I say that it's it's said that. Um, Excalibur, I think, says that didn't happen, but, you know, uh, there were 800 bodies to claim, so they went someplace. Right, right. And the Biograph Theater, John Dillinger lives. Right, right. So the story from the story there is that, you know, he was shot right outside the biograph. I think everybody kind of knows that story. When he came out, uh, there was that woman informant that uh, apparently, you know, pointed him out to the police, and they they nailed him pretty well, and right out in front of the theater there. And, and people say that you know you can still see from time to time you see this figure, this ghostly figure, sort of staggering along the sidewalk, and then 
going down. And they say, you know, it's John Dillinger. But, uh, and right across the street from that is the uh, haunted Red Lion pub. Right. You've got that in the book, too. Yeah. Now, I think I had heard just recently, and like I said, I haven't been up to Chicago for quite some time, so, but I would heard that uh, the Red Lion, the, that original building that I talked about was being torn down, and that yeah. they were rebuilding a new one on that same site. Um, but if that's happened yet, or if it's in the process, it'd be interesting to see if they get more activity. Because frequently people say that when you do renovations in a building oh, or man. you know start dismantling, that you stir up things. Oh, and that, yeah. You know, whatever spirits are there are unhappy because I guess they feel maybe they're going to be, uh, you know, evicted or whatever. So it's not uncommon to uh, get more paranormal activity. So it'd be interesting to see if anything's going on there now. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe somebody knows. And if you do, call us now. 888-876-5593 is 8888-RALEIGH. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. And you can probably figure out what's coming there. And they rode and talked the better part of the night. And when the lights of a truck stop came on, he said, I'm sorry, son, this is as far as you go, because i got to make a turn, Justin, off the road. So I tossed him a dime, he's pulled and low, said, have yourself a cup on old Big Joe. So the, the guy goes into the cafe there and orders the coffee and uh, told the waiter Big Joe was setting him up and said, you could have heard a pin drop, got deadly quiet. The waiter's face turned kind of white. He said, what, I say something wrong? He said, no, it happens every now and then. Every driver here knows about Big Joe, but son, let me tell you what happened. 10 years ago. And at the crossroads, you know, where the guy was flagging him down, there was a load of bus, a bus load full of kids coming in, and they were right in the middle when Big Joe topped the hill, and it could have been a slaughter, but he turned his wheel and obviously died, and went into a skid, gave up his life to save the kids, and now, every now and then, at the crossroads, at the end of the line, and that was the end of the line for Big Joe and Phantom 309. So, there's another one to add to your collection, John Kachuba. I'm sure there are millions more. That's, uh, Ghost Hunting USA, uh, Ghost Hunting Illinois is the book. See, I'm jumping the gun. Will there be a Ghost Hunting USA? <laughs> Actually, there there was one, um, which I edited. There was different writers uh, oh, okay. for the same publisher that did it. Uh, okay. It was a much smaller edition, though, much smaller. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So will you be doing more in the future, though? I, well, I think so. I mean, my, my last book uh, in June of 2019 was a book on shapeshifters, yeah. um, called Shapeshifters. I think we elect them. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's very possible. <laughs> yeah, David, I, David Icke says so. I see his videos on YouTube all the time. He's convinced they're lizards. Uh, I know he's he's in my shapeshifter oh, book. I mean. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> he's exactly yeah. exactly yeah. reptilian alien. That's right. yes, 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 yes. And course. and as you probably know, he used to be a sportscaster doing play by play on the BBC. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, some people there are still not getting over this. And, of course, as you can imagine, he's just well, in a anyway. tizzy over the election. So, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I'm still in the paranormal field. Whether it's going to oh, be ghosts good. or shapeshifters good. or what, what comes next, I'm not sure yet. But mm -hmm. uh, still, still working in it. Well, good. James on the south side, welcome to WGN Radio. Hello. Hey, James. Where are you? We just lost James? I guess we did. We've lost James, and he's usually uh, usually around, but I'm sure he'll be uh, calling in again. But johnkachuba.com is the website, and uh, it's it's great, because not only is there a lovely picture of you, full color, but all your books and uh, your Metaphysical Traveler blog, and hopefully you're still with us, John. 
Or do we lose every phone in the house? Yes, I think we lost John as well. I don't even know how that is possible. But, uh, yeah, it seems like somehow we did. So this could be at my end. All right, so I'll just prattle on for the next few minutes while uh, John, who's screening your calls at 888-876-5593. No, and it's gone. All of it, they're all gone. All of a sudden, every line in the place just went dead. And, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's sort of do-it-yourself studio wherever you are, and you take whatever Wi-Fi you get wherever you are, and <laughs> it's what I got tonight. And that's, that's the deal. But johnkachuba.com is, uh, is, uh, is a neat site, and you can, uh, uh, you can read about the Haunted Diplomat Hotel in the Philippines or the Isle of the Dolls in Mexico City. And, of course, in Ghost Hunting, Illinois, you can read about all of, not obviously, it's not all of Illinois haunted. It would be impossible to, uh, uh, to do all that. But uh, there are, uh, and, and he's back. I don't know. I, you know, I think it was ghosts, John. I really do. There I was talking about uh, you and your website, johnkachuba.com, and all, every line in the place left. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the ghost in the machine, like it, they say. They, right? Uh, that's right. The police, you betcha. Uh, yes. Uh, so you in Ghost Hunting, Illinois, not only cover Metro Chicago with the Glessner House and the Jane Addams Hull House Museum, and uh, you mentioned the Red Lion, which is still there on North Lincoln Avenue. I know they updated it in like 84. I, I, they were going to again. I don't know if they did. Um but the Unitarian Church. But you you look at the rest of the state, and it's interesting when you get to things like Pumpernickel's Delicatessen. <laughs> you don't normally think of that as being the haunted location. So what was the deal at Pumpernickel's? Well, mostly they were hearing they were hearing um, footsteps in there and some noises and things like that. But um, they also had a problem in their uh, storage area. I'm not even sure I wrote about that part. But they had a freezer that would apparently not open or lock people in. (laughs) So one of those things. And and Pumpernickel's, unfortunately, is uh, they're gone. They're out of business. But um, that happens, too. Well, especially now, the, the, those that were alive last year are probably gone. But yeah, they were oh, right in right in Bloomington on North Center Street, and it was an old location. And it was, uh, I guess, the building was from like the 1850s, so it it belonged. Right. Uh, you know, it was ghost territory, no doubt about that. But what's wonderful about this, of course, is that you don't normally think of them being in the deep freezer, say. So that uh, that was a nice little touch on that that I particularly liked. Well, of course, I've got a minute and. A half and now i got every call in the world so let's see what we can do real quickly paul in columbus ohio be succinct welcome to wgn radio hello raleigh how you doing all right paul good 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 hey quick question i know you're running out of time on this segment but i was wondering if uh there have been any sightings of any gangers from like the capone era any ghost sightings yes. or communication with those people yes and john will tell you all about it Okay, yeah, John, um, let, let, let me have it. Particularly uh, whether it's the sighting of Capone, but I know there's a place in uh, Thornton uh, in Illinois, which is called Widow McCleary's Pub, and it was, mm-hmm. um, it was a brewery during the Prohibition time. And apparently Capone put the squeeze on the guy who ran it and said, I want to I take your business, basically, and he refused. And next thing you know, there was a suspicious fire at the brewery, which killed the owner left his widow, who McCone, Capone then sort of put the, you know, little pressure on her, basically, uh, I'm in your business now, whether you want it or not. 
Uh, and the, uh, I talked to the owners of this place. They said that back in the 50s, there was some renovations being done. And he said they found some bodies in the walls of, uh, of the basement. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and they're rumored to have maybe been victims of Capone because apparently Capone was using this place as you know, part of his bootlegging operation. All know? right, Paul, you got what you so, wanted. Thank you, you for calling. Yeah. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Raleigh. And, Thank you. All right. And, and uh, John, thanks for spending an hour with us. As I say, I've got links to your website and to Ghost Hunting Illinois on Raleigh.net, and I can't wait to, uh, wait to hear about the next one. Uh, thanks, Raleigh. It's a pleasure being on your show. I appreciate it. All right. So Ghost Hunting Illinois, John B. Kachuba, fun stuff. And I uh, didn't get time to get James in, but we'll hold him over because next hour is Open Lines, and he's going to tell you about a ghost on the eighth floor of the old Marshall Field building. I think Marshall Field is buried in uh, one of the cemeteries we're covering here. So Open Lines next, coming up on WGN Radio.